You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back in. It's another episode of the 2M Football Podcast. Another episode. Another episode, man. Another episode. We just keep coming. Oh, no. And, uh, uh, yeah, so with you here, as always, to break it all down. Most of it yours, down. Yours, yeah, that's true. I shouldn't say all of it because uh, we don't have time for all of it. These episodes are already too long as it is. Uh, yours truly, Michael. Yours truly. Also, also, I don't think I've ever said Michael. It's always been Mike. Anyway. Yeah. You're not about you, <laughs> Matthias. With, uh, ooh, I kind of like that. <laughs> There's a regalness to it. Uh, yeah, it's Matt. I was thinking think of uh, the other part of it. Did you ever read Redwall? No. <laughs> did I ever read? <laughs> That's true. That that was a dumb question on my part. Anyway, it was about a. Uh, I think it was a mouse named Matthias the Warrior, who was a a warrior, and he killed other rodents. <laughs> anyway, it's the Two M Football Podcast, and this week we're talking about. The draft this week kicks off our draft coverage. We're going to start by actually looking backwards a year and beyond and kind of talk about some of the most notable uh, draft picks of the last five years. We're going to grade every first round pick from last year. But before we get to that, it was a big week in the league for news as I mean, pretty much always is until until after the draft is really the first dead spot. Let's uh, let's start there with something that is uh, a little controversial already. Although I'm kind of excited about it. Starting in 2021, the NFL is going to add a 17th regular season game. What? And in theory, they they balance that out by dropping a preseason game. So there will just be three of those, and now okay, I 17. Can, all of football can approve that. Yeah. Right. I think it went to a vote today to the owners. Uh, it was so Tuesday. bizarre because uh, I yeah. thought I literally read this morning that there was the owners were going to meet and talk about it. And then later that day, I couldn't figure out why they're like new game added, new game added. And I was like, wait, what the, the hell uh, just happened? Negotiations were short. Um, <laughs> so some details about game 17 is good reference there. Oh, thanks. Did you get that? Uh, I, I, I did. <laughs> Almost as short as the negotiations with the Trade Federation. And uh, <laughs> can't admit it. Well, you were right on one thing, Master. Negotiations were short. Thank you. See, I should have done the accent. That would have made it uh, go over a little better. <laughs> so I, I'm sort of excited about this. And at least um, in terms of the games themselves, should be competitive because game 17. They're all going to be cross-conference games, so AFC versus NFC teams, and they're all scheduled or they're set based on the previous year's standings. So what that means for 2021 is we're going to get games like uh, Packers at Chiefs because the Packers were the one seed in the NFC, the Chiefs were the one seed in the AFC. And uh, I wrote down a couple others here that that stood out to me as being really interesting. Um, so we got Seahawks at Steelers this year. Uh, Bucks at Colts, which is going to be fun. Okay. Vikings at Chargers, Cowboys at Patriots. Those are the ones that jumped out the most to me because 
uh, I mean, it makes sense, right? That like the, let's say the fifth seeded team in the AFC and the fifth seeded team in the NFC should be pretty evenly matched. And hopefully that results in a good football game. Okay. Okay. And I mean, for anyone who likes watching football, more football can only be a good thing, right? Of course, the flip side is that it's another game of uh, injury risk in a game in this sport that's already brutal and has so much carnage week to week and year to year. I'm just Uh, curious how this whole thing is going to affect, you know, salaries and payments and contracts because you have to factor factor in another game. True. It's another week of work and, and you can't. You can't equate a week of preseason preparation, if you even want to call it that, with with the amount of work that goes into game planning and well, practice also of a regular season. Everyone's coaching too. How do you mean? Well, usually, you know, okay, if you're a, a first round by lock, you're usually not playing your starters week seven, week sixteen. Uh huh. However, there is another game, which means you're going to have to play some people week 16 when you normally rest them. Do you rest your starters the last two games if you have a lock? But it also means, like, you risk your backups one more week. How do bye weeks work? When do they start now? Do they move bye weeks up to account for that game, or do they still start week four? You know, you've got to start planning your coaching now for an additional game being played between postseason and regular season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll also be, introduce more questions like, do you rest guys more during the other 16 games? And then, yeah. And then will this 17th game end up being meaningless for a lot of teams because all the, all the good teams have clinched a spot by then? I don't know, especially with only one buy per conference and an extra playoff team, the seventh playoff team that they had in each, uh, each conference starting last year. So it's it's interesting, and uh, people have a lot of opinions on it. Alvin Kamara, for example, <laughs> immediately tweeted out that it was, quote, dumb as hell. When he's just and, looking at it from his perspective, why play another week and risk your body when you don't have to? Right. Like you said, the salary is the same, and it's just an extra game of football where, uh, yeah, he's risking his uh, safety out there. I'm excited for fantasy football, too, because I assume that'll mean an extra week of fantasy before the playoffs start which uh great another week of aggravation just what i enjoy every (laughs) freaking year you know i'm never going to repeat this year you know that right what do you mean uh i made it to oh your success yeah (laughs) never happened again not with that attitude i just know what Uh, i am all right well that's an important uh i feel like that's that's the deep root here i know who i am michael who are you see i i still think i'm good at fantasy I haven't <laughs> accepted the truth. <laughs> uh, no amount of uh, subpar finishes will will prevent me from the hours of off-season study, despite <laughs> it clearly does me no good. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're not in the fantasy corner right now, as much Damn as it. I might want to be. <laughs> there was a big trade. We're already starting to see draft picks get thrown around. So there were two. It happened back to back. The 49ers traded up for the number three overall pick from their spot at 12. So Uh uh, the Dolphins were sitting at three. Mm -hmm. The 49ers, to acquire the number three pick, they sent the Dolphins the 12th overall pick this year. Okay. A a third round pick this year. Okay. And 
and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. That's wow. a lot. That is, they gave up a whole lot to, to trade up to number three here. So, I mean, that begs the question. They are. So they're absolutely, not going to get a first round pick, at least on paper until four years from now. 2024 would be the next to three, but yes. Wow. So, I mean, that begs the question. They're definitely taking a quarterback, right? You don't trade up to the number three pick to draft to tackle. I don't care how good he is. Yeah, I mean, all right, we're seeing fields go at third overall. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although at the same time, there was reports came out that their management is totally fine with having Jimmy G this year and a rookie. So they don't even necessarily want to rush whoever they take with this pick onto the field, which I think is a smart decision. Yeah, I mean, Garoppolo's holding the fort down for now, but I don't know if he's a permanent solution in San Francisco. But once the whole team's healthy, they get the receivers consistently, uh, they get a good running back tandem in that backfield, we can definitely take a look at how Shanahan implements this plan. We saw what they could do when they were healthy two years ago. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, But the drama wasn't over there because the Dolphins then immediately traded that pick so the 12th overall pick that they just acquired and a 2022 first rounder. So next year to the Eagles. So the Dolphins now move up to number six this year and the Eagles trade down to number 12, which says a couple more interesting things, I think. So I don't know who the um, Dolphins are looking to get here because I think we're looking at the first five picks likely being quarterbacks. Uh, Dolphins are presumably happy with Tua Tagovailoa, and he's their starter. Uh, but at picking at number six, they're going to have, I mean, their pick of the litter and the, the non-quarterback options, whether that means taking one of the top receivers to help Tua, or uh, I think there's an offensive lineman that's very highly regarded that they could take at this point too. So, Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I... I got no clue. I'm going to have to look at the Dolphins roster because I didn't anticipate that move. Right. And and our actual preview of, of this year's prospects is coming either next week or two weeks from now. So we, I don't, I haven't done my homework there yet, but I think from the Eagles perspective, trading back to number 12 cements the fact that they are comfortable with Hertz as their quarterback. They're not trying to get one of the guys, one of the top guys this year. So that was pretty exciting. That was a crazy 15 minutes when all this news broke. And one more little piece of fallout from this is that the Patriots uh, are no longer trying to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo, which uh, further solidifies that he's staying in San Francisco for at least this year. I would think so. All right. So before we get into our draft coverage, there was uh, some more free agency signings which will just blow through and you stop me if any of these warrant further discussion. So T.I. Hilton back to the Colts on a one-year deal. The Cardinals signed Malcolm Butler as a Patrick Peterson replacement. Uh, I just want to throw it in there that the Cardinals defense looks scarier with every news piece that comes around. <laughs> just saying. Demarcus Robinson back to the Chiefs. They're a speedy receiver. Uh, Damian Williams signs with Chicago probably be complimentary back with uh uh what's that guy's name montgomery montgomery yes thank you i don't i thought that was it but i questioned myself okay and dominican sue back with the buccaneers 
as we predicted. Uh, James White back to the Patriots, which was slightly more surprising. It seemed like he might test the waters a bit. Uh, Tevin Coleman to the Jets. Carlos Dunlap back to Seattle. Uh, remember, they, I think they traded for him right in the middle of last year, and then he he was pretty disrupt from Cincinnati, and he was pretty disruptive for Seattle. So, yeah, makes sense that they bring him back. Uh, hey, your guy Matt Breida to the Bills. Interesting, as they definitely don't have a bell cow back at this point between Zach Moss and uh, Devin Singletary. I think Singletary deserves the carries, but we'll wait and see how this this pans out. Well, Brita will have a role until he inevitably gets injured again, sadly. I was going to say, it's about can yeah. stay on the field. I'm yeah. not confident in that at all. Uh, Washington bolsters their receiving core a bit further by signing Adam Humphreys. I am super stoked about that. Yeah, so now they got uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, who they brought in, and now Humphreys, in addition to Logan Thomas, who is a pretty good pass catcher for them. So that's looking pretty nice for uh, Fitzmagic. The Ravens signed Sammy Watkins to Great join their receiving core. I I love this. Yeah, finally someone besides Hollywood Brown to uh, do something <laughs> in their passing game. And Mark Andrews went healthy. Uh, the Steelers. This this one was just today. I think the Steelers signed Kalen Balaj, uh, which is interesting. Not really too sure what they're doing with their uh, running back situation, given that Connor's gone and. I really feel like it's going to depend on uh, how big Ben can throw the ball because last year they were a lot of dink and dive type offense that didn't really right. work for uh, Big Ben's skill set. But I don't know. Maybe with Belage's speed, they're going to hope to get him maybe on a better screens. Uh, and then another running back news: Leonard Fournette returns to the Buccaneers as well. And then I saw this note along with the news alert. I know. I was hoping you didn't see it because that was going to be my fun fact to contribute. Go ahead, but you go ahead, take it. Um, so with that signing, they officially have their full 22 start roster from their Super Bowl year back. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and then you added something I did not know that the last time that that happens was with Terry Bradshaw and the 79 Steelers, and they went yep. on to repeat in 80 as the champs. Yep, yep, yep. As um, soon as I saw that, because the yeah, I had to look up and see what happened, I'm like, oh. Damn it, of course they won it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of oh, makes know. sense. You bring back it, your whole team. Right, yeah. Same team, same coaches, right? I don't think they lost any uh, coaches. Tom Brady's getting younger instead of older somehow. Yeah. Damn it, TV 12. <laughs> TV 12 water. Uh, so, yeah, that was the that was the last one. Wanted to end on that fun one. Fun fact, you know, I don't want to see another dynasty for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never would have thought that a team could begin a dynasty with a quarterback who's 42. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so that was all the signings. There's still some guys out there like uh, Le'Veon, mostly running backs, I guess, and Alex Smith. But uh, Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> Le'Veon running backs early. And Alex. So we're going to move on into our draft coverage. And uh, before we talk about last year's draft in specifics, I thought it would be fun to look back at the previous five seasons uh-huh. and uh, look at some of the, some of the biggest steals and busts of that time period. And this was an independent assignment. I did I didn't assign this to Matt because of all your complaining at the end of the last episode. 
<laughs> Wait, <laughs> what did I complain about this time? Uh, so Matt, you just sit back, relax, feel free to chime in. Uh, but I, I think you'll find this really interesting like I did when I was researching it too. Okay. All right. So starting with the 2016 draft. So, so, so do what I normally do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you just do you. The top five picks in 2016 were Jared Goff, number one overall. Carson Wentz was number two, neither of whom are with their uh, original team now, ironically. Joey Bosa was number three, Ezekiel Elliott, four, and then Jalen Ramsey went number five. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the cornerback for Jacksonville and, and now L.A. And a very solid cornerback, too. Oh, yeah, one of the best. I don't think you can say any of these picks was an absolute bust, despite the fact that the Rams and Eagles no longer have the quarterbacks that they drafted one and two. <laughs> well, I don't know. Goff seems like he just needs to be with the right system. And you would have be, you're amazed to think that it's not Sean McVay, but weird. Well, it seems like it happened. was for one year, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Carson Wentz, he needs to really show his stuff in, in, uh, with the Colts now, because it makes me nervous to label him as injury prone given the past few years. That seems like, in theory, the only thing that could go wrong there because he, on paper, it's such a great fit. And they were such a complete team besides uh, maybe the quarterback position. But anyway, that's that's not what I want to spend time on here. I, I looked at, uh, so here are the two busts that I picked from the first round. Do you remember a guy named Corey Coleman? Oh, he was a wide receiver for, the, for Cleveland. Yes, yes. Cleveland picked him 15th overall in this draft. He broke the same hand in each of his first two seasons and missed most of those times, most of those games. And then they traded him to the Bills for, and the return was a seventh round pick. Right. He and went the, to the Bills for what, a year? Yeah, but he didn't play there. Uh, they cut him. And then he went to the Patriots and the Giants. He's currently a free agent and also suspended for the first six games of 2021 if he does land on a team. Uh, for oh, PADs. excellent. So that guy's career is gone. So yeah. That's a bust. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, also a receiver, Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell. The Vikings drafted him 23rd overall. Uh, unlike Coleman, he actually lasted his whole rookie contract with the team that drafted him. I was uh, to say he was pretty good the first three years, wasn't he? Well, not in his rookie season. He played in nine games, somehow only had one catch in those nine games. Okay, never mind. Someone else then. Yep, I was wrong. Uh, I mean, it vaguely the, looks familiar. The name sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe it's because he spent last year with Atlanta. Uh, and I think he actually, he actually had a couple touchdown receptions last maybe year with Atlanta. And those two touchdowns he had last season equals the amount that he had total over his first three years. <laughs> the first three years with the Vikings. Four yeah. years. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm calling that a bust as well. Uh, there were some some steals in this draft, and you're going to like this first one. Dak oh. Prescott was drafted in 2016, and he was uh, he was a fourth-round pick. I was going to say he was a fourth-round quarterback that dropped all the way down there. Yep, 135th overall. And I did, this stuff is so hilarious to me. He was drafted after the likes of Cody Kessler, Roberto Aguayo. Remember, this was the year the Bucks took a kicker in the second round. Yep. Christian Hackenberg. Were all, all those guys were taken before Dak Prescott. Oh, my boy, Cody Kessler, former Browns quarterback. Yeah, he showed promise there one year. I think I remember. 
I was having a Kessler wagon. Yeah, okay. I thought you were. I thought I remembered that. Anyway, we all know how good Dak is now. He set a record last year for passing yards through the first four games of a season and then uh, just signed a four-year, $160 million extension. Definitely a steal of a pick in the fourth round. Uh, and then the other one I saw was Jalen Mills. He was really? uh, the Eagles' safety. He was a seventh-round pick, 233 thought, overall. Okay, I was going to say six. I thought he went six, but no, seventh round. Okay, yeah. Mills is he had a kind solid. Of a rocky start, but last year he was uh, pro football focus as 29th best-ranked safety. Uh, that said, they did let him go, and he's with the Patriots now. As a big scoop up for the Patriots, we'll yep. see how he how he fits uh, the New England system. But, but yeah, you know, I just some players they take a little bit longer to uh, to develop and then to grow. And you know, sometimes you never know what you have until a year or two in. All right, and that's all I had for 2016, 2017. The top okay. five picks: Miles okay. Garrett. Yeah, I know that guy. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, here we go. This was that. I remember this so well because uh, you we were and I watching were... it. Yes, we were watching we were it. I think we were actually, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, we were actually doing a live stream on the old YouTube channel. And I just remember all the emotions of seeing like, oh, shoot, the Bears traded up for number two. Who are they going to pick? Mitch Trubisky, who's that? <laughs> a guy that like played five college games. It's fine. <laughs> the third pick that year was Solomon Thomas. Okay. Then Leonard Fournette. I know that guy. Fifth pick was Corey Davis. I didn't realize he was that high of a draft pick. He probably yeah, saved I, himself from being a, a bust on my list with his uh, performance last year. With the Titans, yep. And now he's in with the Jets. And then in terms of busts, I, I had to do it. it. Mitch is the biggest bust of this draft. Absolutely. Yeah. Just I don't want to Bears admit it, but yeah. Given, given that the Bears had to trade up to get him, they passed over. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes to take him. And uh that would be right. Five Pace, years but... five years in Chicago of uh controversy and failure. <laughs> <laughs> controversy and failure, my favorite condiments. Yeah. <laughs> I think they uh, what one playoff game, right? The the uh, double doink game. Yeah, and that wasn't even on him, yeah. which sucks. So that I don't know. I had to do that has to be the biggest bust of the draft. Uh, but another good one was John Ross, who the Bengals picked with the ninth. Yeah, he they ran a four-two-two combine. We watched that combine. I, yep, yep, I remember that. He broke the record. His rookie yeah. season, then with the Bengals, he only had one touch, and it was a handoff, and he fumbled, and that was it. He spent the most of the rest of the year on the bench. The second season, he actually scored seven touchdowns on just twenty-one catches, which is pretty crazy. And for those who don't know, that was back in the Marvin Lewis days. Right. And uh, right, he was with Dalton, who ironically just took over the Bears quarterback job for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. So it was complete. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, John Ross had a actually pretty decent second season, but over the next two years, he missed 21 games with injuries, and the Bengals uh, declined his 50-year option. Uh, the Giants did pick him up this offseason as a free agent, though, so he's... Uh, still in the league on a one-year deal with New York. Danny Dimes. Yeah. Who uh, has a nice nice cast of weapons after bringing in Galladay, too. Yes, sir. 
some of the best uh, biggest steals of this draft were Alvin Kamara. I didn't remember this. He's a third round pick, 67th overall. Really? And now he's, yeah. you know, obviously he's one, one of the most dangerous running backs in the league and just as dangerous as a pass catcher as a running back. Saints lucked out there. Yep. And then George Kittle was a fifth round pick, 146th overall. Wow. And he, for San Francisco, the tight end, and he's he's probably the second best receiving tight end in the game besides uh, just Travis Kelsey. He is there. And Damn. moving right along to 2018, the top five picks in this draft were Baker Mayfield, number one, Saquon Barkley, number two, Sam Darnold. Speaking of number two, <laughs> laugh track. <laughs> laugh track, laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. Denzel Ward, the cornerback, uh, went to yep. Cleveland with the number four pick. Yes, and then Bradley, Bradley Chubb to Denver with the uh, fifth overall pick. They all turned out fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like Darnold, you could argue, but uh, you can't argue that Josh Rosen, the 10th overall pick this year, was an absolute bust. Oh, boy, for the Cardinals? Yes, for the Cardinals. And you know what was even cringier in retrospect now was after the draft, he was he uh, had this quote to reporters that there were nine mistakes made in the draft before he was finally picked. <laughs> Obviously implying that he should have been number one overall. You know what, Rosen? I commend you for your tenacity. However, yeah, I think confidence. all... Most of those nine have otherwise proven you otherwise. I'm just <laughs> yes. saying. Uh, that looks, uh, yeah, pretty bad now. He ended up actually playing 14 games as a rookie because of injuries to Sam Bradford, who was the starter. How about that yep. for a name we haven't heard? And seems yeah, that like was after years. his. That was after his really good stint, in Minnesota. Yeah, right. Um, but in those 14 games, Rosen threw 11 touchdowns. 14 interceptions and lost 10 fumbles. Only 10 they, fumbles. That's not bad. <laughs> they traded him to Miami the next off season after drafting Kyler Murray, who of course that one panned out. <laughs> and then of, of course in Miami Rosen, uh, I think it was Fitzpatrick, right? Who, who played ahead of him and he never really got a chance to start there either. Nope. And I, I think he's still in the league. I forget. He's <laughs> I somewhere. Know. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got like a Mason Rudolph situation going on. He's just there. It's like just a forever a backup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another bust in this draft was Rashad Penny. The uh, Seahawks running back. He was the 27th pick overall. Uh, still has yet to play a full season. He's missed 21 games throughout his first three years due to a variety of injuries. And he, even when he's been on the field, he hasn't been able to earn the starting role because of yeah, Chris Carson. Yeah, he had opportunities with Chris Carson out a few times and just never capitalized. Yeah, yeah and Carson in the Carlos doghouse Hyde for fumbles occasionally. Yeah, you should, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And they obviously just brought back Carson on a three-year deal, so... Uh, at best, Penny's going to be a, in a complimentary role entering his fourth season. And yeah. uh, I, I doubt he and sticks around needed. after this. Uh, a couple steals in this draft. I, I have to say Lamar Jackson with picked 32nd overall for the Ravens. I have to consider that a steal. 
I mean, you look, look, Josh Rosen was taken ahead of him. Come on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Given that. Yeah. All right. I accept. And, uh, you know, there were guys, scouts saying that he shouldn't have even been in the draft as a quarterback. He should, he should be a receiver. That he couldn't play the quarterback position. And he's completely changed the way the Ravens do things on the offensive side of the football. And, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about accuracy at times, uh, staying in the pocket, reading a defense are things he can work on, but you can't deny that he's one of the most dynamic playmakers in football right now. He's got talent. He just has to hone it. Yep. I don't want to see him pull a Cam Newton. Right. Yeah. And he is better about sliding. He's learned that lesson after just a couple seasons. Yeah. He watched Joe. Don't take the hits. Um, and then another, you, you missed my joke. It's fine. What Joe Flacco sliding? Yes. Did he actually run or did he just slide in the, like taking the, he, the he did that weird slide sack. where his like knee dug oh, into the yeah. turf and he kind of tumbled over it <laughs> oh, and gosh. everyone like held their breath. Cause they thought he threw his knee out. I do remember that now. Uh, sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Another steal. This one's probably a bit of a stretch, but chase Edmonds, the, um, Cardinals running back was a fourth round pick in this draft, 134th overall. Uh, he's entering his fourth year in the league now. He's played in all but three games over that time as mostly a complimentary role. Uh, but when he's gotten the chance to be the starter, he's been a pretty electric runner. He was phenomenal last year. He, yeah, he has a career 4.4 yards per carry average. He's had 85 catches. Uh, in his first few seasons and, and 12 total touchdowns in that time. So uh, looking forward to him getting a chance to have that backfield mostly to himself and, and really see what he can do. All right, 2019. This is getting into actually more recent memory. The number one Maybe. pick was, was Kyler Murray. Nick Bosa went number two. He was also drafted second in this year. Quinnen Williams. Uh, this is where I started to include positions because I did not remember who a few of these guys were. <laughs> Quinn and Williams was a defensive tackle for the Jets. Picked third overall. Cleveland Farrell, uh, defensive end for the Raiders, was fourth. And then Devin White, the Bucks linebacker, was taken with the fifth pick. And I could only really find one bust in the first round of this draft. It's a big one, though. And it, it pains me a little bit to say it because of fantasy football reasons. But Dwayne Haskins. Was the, uh, 15, was the 15th pick by Washington. Uh, uh, he uh, appeared in, in uh, 16 games over two seasons. Never really impressed. Only averaged 6.3 yards per attempt. He had 12 touchdowns compared to 19 turnovers. And yet we, we burned a pick on him. <laughs> he was, okay, he was I'm not going to say we on that one. All right, whatever. You love throwing me under the bus. <laughs> You're right, though. I did go rogue and make this pick. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a dynasty league, so it could still pan out. He's in Pittsburgh now, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Ben just got to throw his elbow out. RIP Mason Rudolph, too. We just mentioned. I forgot about that. that rip. But, yeah, Washington released him last year after a bunch of poor performances as a starter. Uh multiple fines from the league for COVID policy violations. And I think there were some other off the field issues with him too. So that Rivera didn't want to deal with that. 
And that was uh, really the biggest, the only real bust I could find in the in the first round here, or at least the only obvious one. And that's mostly what I was looking for. <laughs> hey, like that good... one name that stands out, just like Noop. Yeah, just like really, he was a top, you know, whatever pick. Um, in terms of steals, AJ Brown, the Titans wide receiver, was drafted fifty first overall, so like towards the end of the second round. And he was actually picked behind Nikhil Harry, who would have been maybe a good candidate for a bust. But I feel like I've picked on him enough <laughs> over the yeah, last year. Yeah, you've really picked on him. <laughs> Only it, it comes from uh, a love and disappointment from him being a prove-it player <laughs> who didn't. But uh, back to A.J. Brown, he has surpassed 1,000 yards receiving in each of his first two seasons and has totaled 19 touchdowns in those two years. And you just combine that with uh, sort of the less quantifiable attribute of him just being an absolute monster on the field. It's like, how is a cornerback, you know, four inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter going to cover this guy? He's awesome. And then another one was Darius Slayton, another receiver for the giants. Yep. Kind of a big, big play guy there. He was a fifth round pick 171st overall. He was aggravated during fantasy season. It's a little bit hit or miss with him in any given week. Yes, I'll admit that. Uh, And obviously he's not on the level of A.J. Brown, but over two years he has 11 touchdowns and he's averaging over 750 receiving yards per season. So not bad for a fifth round pick. No, not at all. Stats don't lie. The fantasy sucks. (laughs) And then I'll briefly touch on 2020 draft. I don't want to steal too much of our thunder for the next segment, but the top five picks were Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, Andrew Thomas, and Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, this is sort of a joke, sort of not. Uh, Jordan oh. Love. Jordan Love was the biggest bust here. <laughs> uh. He was uh, the 26th pick by the Packers who traded up to get him. Anyway, I have more on him in a, in a minute. Oh, God. He hasn't even uh, played a snap yet, and you've got crap on him. Exactly. That's part of the problem. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to call Justin Jefferson a steal. He was picked 22nd by Minnesota, the receiver. And Coliseum, he was a I believe. stud. He was amazing. Yeah, he was taken behind. You know, and I'm not saying these guys are bad, but but Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Jalen Rager were all taken before Jefferson. Jefferson outproduced all those guys and most of the league. He had the fourth most receiving yards in the NFL last season as a rookie. And then one other steal, another seventh round pick. How about Cameron Curl? He's a safety for the, for the Washington football team. He was picked 216th overall. And that's like, I what, didn't seventh round. Yep. Seventh round and started See, as a backup a football thing once in a while. Football and math, that's a tough combination. I, I applaud you. <laughs> clap track, he, clap track, clap track. <laughs> he took over the starting safety role after Landon Collins got hurt in week eight. And in just half a season, Curl recorded 88 combined tackles, three interceptions, one of which he returned for a touchdown. And uh, Pro Football Focus graded him their 32nd best safety. So not a bad rookie year for a seventh-round pick. All right. Okay. With all that said, I'm turning things back over to you for a bit. <laughs> now, specifically with 2020, we're going to go through the entire first round. And, and after after having played one season in the NFL, we're going to regrade each of these picks. 
So take it away, Matt. Who was first overall? Um, surprisingly enough, a name that some of you may know uh, was a young quarterback named Joe Burrow, who went to Cincinnati. Played a good first half of the season. Went out with a nasty uh, ACL injury. Yeah. Um, but um, I feel like with the new coaching staff, a better offensive line, they just need to focus a little bit more on defense. Joe Burrow will be the face of the franchise should he come back. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that injury. So I had right. to give him an eight. I mean, he clearly proved he was the number one overall pick from LSU for a reason. And he went out there and did his job very well. Um, I just want to see him healthy and back in the game. Yeah, totally agree. The only uh, saving grace of that injury was that it happened early enough in the season that I think he is expected to make a to have enough time to make a full recovery uh, in time for this offseason's training activities. But yeah, he looked awesome and gave this offense more life than it's had in uh, AJ since AJ Green's prime, probably. Number two was uh, a young gun. Some of you may know, and one of my predictions was yeah. uh, Chase Young. Yeah, you were all over this one. I was so ecstatic. Uh, Ohio State guy, just like Bosa. Yeah. I mean, how else to sum it up than he was defensive rookie of the year? Do I need to say more than that? Like, <laughs> probably. Not. How much more do you need to prove it as a rookie than to win that coveted prize? Yeah. Um, and anyone who really knows me knows. I don't take rookies at their face value, especially when they're ecstatic. They're new. They're fresh faces. Right. It's year two that I think everybody really proves their their moxie. Um, so I, I can't take any of these guys that had stellar first years too much, too exciting. I've seen it with quarterbacks a lot of the time. But um, Chase Young has the uh, ability to be the anchor for this Washington football team defense. You know who doesn't have the anchor point to be for their defensive players? Could it uh, be Jeff number Okuda. three overall pick, Jeff Okuda? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the problem with him is, and I initially had a question mark, so I went back and did a little bit more digging. My biggest issue in trying to find stats was just his snap count was diminishing. Um, yeah, that's not a good and it's And it's really <laughs> hard to grade somebody who's not on the field. Like, you never want to it's, – it's different if you play three games and you get injured. Like, okay, let's see what you did. But when you're healthy, for the most part, and you're just not playing, really hard to figure it out. Uh, so I just graded him a D and went about my day because there's not enough evidence to support. There was a flash once every three weeks. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's it was the combination of a weird offseason and rookie corners tend to struggle. We'll have to wait and see how this uh, how he bounces back. If he doesn't bounce back then absolutely he's a bust. Yeah, that's a good caveat, I guess, for all these guys. Uh, was that the there were no off-season uh, team activities last year, <laughs> right? No preseason either. Didn't they skip, like, basically yep. right, right from a limited training camp uh, right into the regular season? So Basically, everyone was using week one as the preseason warm-up yeah. game. Right. Uh, not that you would want to do it. We hate preseason, but for these players, it's ramping up to get in a game shape. Yeah, exactly. Um, number fourth overall, I, I was excited for was Andrew Thomas, who was an offensive tackle for the Giants. Started the season off a little rough, as to be expected. I mean, the speed of the NFL really gets you, especially when you're playing players who have been in the league four, five, six, seven years. 
or um, Chase Young, <laughs> or Chase Young in that division. Yep. <laughs> um, but he he held its own. He he protected uh, Daniel Jones's blind side. Uh, gave up a few pressures and a sack or two early on, but definitely started to tighten his stance up. So for a first year rookie tackle, I graded him at about a C, a very average performance. Mm. Um, nothing that jumped off the page. Nothing that really spoke to me like this is a stud just yet again stud rookie players let's see what year two has in them people have tape on you now and moving on to number five again a man who needs no introductions found i feel like the perfect team to be with two tags himself uh quarterback for miami fifth overall tags did you just come up with that no okay never heard that why for I don't know. I don't know if I did. I, I don't know if I could take credit because I honestly don't know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> I'm taking credit that if we don't know. I give that nickname an A plus. <laughs> um, Tua came out um in a in a really unique situation. The Miami Dolphins were kind of the laughing stock of 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 the East Division. Nobody really took him seriously. Ryan Fitzpatrick was on his what felt like his five hundredth team. <laughs> Um, and then I don't know what Brian Flores was thinking at the time. We were all confused of benching, if you want to call it Ryan Fitzpatrick and starting Tua. But the way right. that team handled Tua's introduction into the, into the NFL was nothing short of brilliant. Um, if he was in a situation where there was too much that Brian felt like was going to be detrimental, he pulled Tua and put the more experienced Ryan Fitzpatrick back in there. And I think that helped him bolster his value. Um, I think they need to fluff the receiving core up a little bit more around Tua to really give him an advantage. But I give him an eight. He, when he was out on the field, he performed and he showed promise. No peanut counts. Sorry, I, I just had a very violent sneeze, so I put myself on mute for a minute. That must have been so violent. You <laughs> blocked out the mic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly agreed. It, it's, I don't know what, how much to, uh, be concerned that he was, <laughs> he played poorly enough to be removed from a few games for its magic. Uh, well, I don't know if it was like necessarily poor play. I mean, yes, maybe, but look at, look at how some of these guys handle quarterback changes. Usually when you switch to your rookie, you either are all in or you're not in at all. And anytime you see somebody bounce back and forth, it's demoralizing for the quarterbacks. However, Flores seemed to use a very tactical knowledge to protect both the pride and the self-confidence of Tua while giving the team the advantage to win. And I think he had a great teacher in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's true. And like you said, their focus this offseason has been bringing in more weapons for him. They already brought in Will Fuller, where they're projected to draft a receiver with the sixth overall pick. So he could be in a much better situation this year, too. Mike, you may know the second overall pick here. Um, you mean sixth? Yeah, sixth. I can read. <laughs> Justin um, Herbert, A plus plus plus. Enough said. I gave him I gave him an A. <laughs> Um, given Not the fact plus. that, well, the coaching kind of prevented him from being successful because he put his team in great positions to win, but then the team just couldn't close out games. Fun That's fact, reoccurring theme 
for the Chargers. That fact is not fun at all, <laughs> actually. Um, I mean, nothing short of stellar. Justin Herbert, I think, may have been the steal of the uh, of the first round. They're just outside the top five, and arguably, if Joe Burrow would have stayed healthy, maybe these two would have been neck and neck mm-hmm. or offensive rookie of the year. However, Joe Burrow decided to blow his knee out. And uh, Herbert took off and run it. I see great things for him. I think that the team will be built around him. And the Chargers look like they could be dangerous if they learn how to finish all four quarters of a football game. That's a big, that's a big if right there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Until I see otherwise, I can't put him much higher than an A because what worries me is he's going to put too much on his back. And then that can be, problems like Russell Wilson has yeah, where they try to do too much to that too. Yep. And then their stats just go to hell, even though it's not their fault, but we'll see. Seventh overall was Mr. Derek Brown, defensive lineman for Carolina. Yeah. Full uh, they, disclosure. This is one of those names I looked at. And I'm like, who? Yeah. So I hope you'll I'd, uh, I'd, en- enlighten me. <laughs> I had to go look up some stats for this one. Uh, played 15 out of 16 games. Um, I mean, the stats are just off the chart here, Mike. Uh, in 15 games, he had a whopping, you know, two sacks, four pass defended, and 12 quarterback hits. Can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> um, not definitely. I mean, I hate how defensive players are always judged on the number of sacks, the number of interceptions, all this stuff. Right, really that's not very show. fair necessarily. Yep, yep. So I gave I gave Derek Brown a C. Uh, the twelve quarterback hits clearly showed disruption. So he's it's getting the good. quarterback yeah. at least an average of once per game. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of sacks, some pass defended means that he's got some awareness of the quarterback in the pocket. They're not off the chart stats, but this may be somebody to keep an eye on. Cool. Um, and then you know the next guy. At number eight, Isaiah Simmons. Um, what I thought was a great addition to to the Arizona defense. Uh, seven games started, uh, one interception, a fumble recovery, and two sacks. Um, but I felt like his name was mentioned more than that, than just what the stats showed. Or maybe it's just because my brain's telling me that. <laughs> um, but having the supporting cast he's now going to have around him, I gave him a B. Arizona's defense was way better than I think a lot of people gave it credit for. And I think it's only going to get better in this offseason, and I expect Isaiah to be one of those second-year elite people. He's got to go up. And I, I think that. the help around him is just – there's no way it can't happen. I remember that one interception really well, too. It was the, the over. It was an overtime against the Seahawks Yep, in that uh, shocking game where the Cardinals actually beat them. I know I could hear you celebrating all the way out here. <laughs> it was exciting. It's funny. I, I think I'm. I think regardless of our sleeper playoff picks this year, I, I feel like I'm going to just. I'm. I'm more of a Cardinals and Chargers fan. I, I think I'm going to continue just like following them, regardless of. If the I Broncos will be my Broncos. I have a third yeah. team now. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Go on. C.J. Henderson. Yes, number nine. C.J. Henderson. Uh, a little bit more notable than Jeff Okunda because he had some good interception moments that we saw. And by 
some, I mean one, because one got taken away via penalty. Oh, lame. Right? <laughs> Don't you? It's like when you see a, a, a running back go off on a 75-yard run and you see a flag, you're like, oh, damn it, that's offensive holding every time. Yep. <laughs> um, he only played in eight games, but in those eight games, he had six pass defended, a forced fumble, and the big interception. Again, not off-the-wall stats. Consistent. Um, so I gave him a C. Again, corners tend to struggle their first year. It's not until about year two, two and a half, usually about 19, 20 games in that they start to develop a rhythm with their team. Um, and Jacksonville needs help offensively to give the defense some rest. So we'll see how that turns out this year. Uh, this was absolutely somebody I had to look up because I had no idea who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but rounding our top 10 was Jedrick Wills Jr. Uh, he was an offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and, son, um, son of Jedrick Wills Sr., right? I'm assuming so. <laughs> um, I couldn't find anything overwhelming, but I did find this fun fact because I did not know this at all either. And I'm wondering if you knew this. Probably I not. mean, we kind of already have the answer, but do you know who the number one offensive line was at the end of 2020 when the final grades came in? Uh, given the context clues, I'm going to say Cleveland. <laughs> I know. I didn't know. <laughs> I did that poorly. But yeah, I did not know that. I did, Cleveland I did not rated. know that. No. Wow. So this rookie was part of the number one O-line in 2020. Mm-hmm. By the end of 2020, Cleveland Browns had the number one offensive line. And a lot of credit was to um, Jedrick Wills uh, due to the fact that he shored up one of the tackle positions that they struggled with majorly last year. So kudos to you, kid. Cool. All right. Now we're getting outside the fun stuff. Top, top 11. I just keep extending it. Top 32. (laughs) Um, Number 11, another guy I had no idea was Mackie Becton. A tackle for for the New York Jets. Um, But he had an average rating of 74.4 on pro football focus. So I gave him a C because that's how I was graded in school. That's true. Yeah. Solid. Right in that C range. (laughs) Um. Yeah. I mean, I feel like tackles are the hardest tackles and like uh, guards are the hardest to grade. But maybe that's just my personal opinion. Um, well, I mean, the thing about offensive line is you got to actually watch film <laughs> to see if they look good or not. You can't just look at stats, which, uh, yeah, makes it harder. Number 12, a guy I was super excited for. Yeah. Um, Henry Ruggs III for the Raiders. Um, I felt like this guy was going to give Derek Carr the speed, which he did. Derek Carr did throw down the field more. Unfortunately, there was a completely random-ass receiver that got most of the attention. <laughs> Mr. Alligator Arms himself. Yeah. yeah, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> so I put down in the notes that like Aguilar just overshadowed anything Ruggs could have done. Um, Ruggs did have about three major drops that I could note of. Mm-hmm. Um as well as a fumble. But I think his speed is something that Carr needed. At the very least, it's a distraction for the defense. When you know you've got somebody fast, you have to put somebody on him. Um, I just hope that Ruggs is not a decoy. And I believe Aguilar is no longer with the Raiders, correct? That's correct. He's with the Patriots now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. 
my prediction of everybody to the Patriots. <laughs> All 32 teams are just giving their players to New England. So, yeah, good chance for him to hopefully take on a bigger workload. Yeah, so I gave, him, I gave him a B because his potential was really, really there. He did make some good catches. He did stretch the field for Carr, but just freaking Nelson Aguilar out of nowhere decided <laughs> to show up and play this season. Yeah, that, that was pretty shocking, Aguilar's uh, performance. It's like one of those career-saving years. It's like, oh, this guy's done. It's like, oh, wait, wait, there's more. Uh, you're right, actually, yeah, because he had pretty much flamed out of Philadelphia because of drops. And then, uh, yeah, Raiders give him a shot, and he took advantage. And now look at him. He's on the, he's with Belichick now. Where everyone goes to rekindle their uh, careers. Yep. Number 13, super excited. Um I thought I remember his name, but I didn't realize he was a rookie because he had felt like he would been around the league a lot more. Yeah, Tristan yeah. Wirfs, offensive tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and the biggest fact that I did not know that I put down, what do you think his PFF ranking was? Uh, among all tackles? Among all right tackles. Uh, I definitely guess he was top 10. What was he? Uh, so in terms of all rookie tackles, I should have rephrased that. He was ranked number two overall in rookie tackles in general, and he uh-huh. leads all right tackles and ranks. So he's the highest ranked right tackle as a rookie. Wow. Right? Yeah, I remember seeing he was getting offensive rookie of the year consideration, if, but that would never go to a lineman probably. <laughs> Which is really <laughs> he was that good because yeah. he, he – the speed did not bother him. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's coming back this year again with the Bucks, I mean, talk about your first two years as a rookie. You're winning Super Bowl rings as a tackle. Not too shabby. Also, also uh, the pressure of, of defending Tom Brady. You don't want to be the guy that lets the rusher through <laughs> that ends his career. <laughs> yeah. The ring of infamy is what you'd wear. Uh, but I gave him an eight. Yeah, I, mean, I like it. Then we had, after that one, we had Javon Kinlaw, Who? defensive lineman for Sansa. Yeah, no, no clue. <laughs> Not a clue. Um, he had 33 tackles, one and a half sacks, and an interception. Oh, wow. Interception. I don't know. I he, think he ran it back for, I think I read it was like five yards. So, yeah, great run back. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll give him credit for catching the ball. Big uh, defensive lineman interceptions are, are treasures. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, not much. I had no idea who this guy was, but those stats are not, again, not off the charts, but it shows disruption. 33 tackles, which means he was primarily focused on the run game, as linemen usually are. Sack and a half means his awareness of getting through his guys and getting to the quarterback. Great. Interception again, awareness. So the potential is there. And keep it in mind that these guys had no offseason to practice. Um, so Kinlaw gets a B rating in my category. Then this guy. Oh boy. Here we go. Jerry Judy. <sighs> Single handedly lost you a bet and lost. <laughs> so or, double-handedly because he couldn't catch the football with either of his hands. (laughs) Like he should get an A because he did. He's a great route runner, probably the best route runner. 
but your crispness and cuts mean nothing if the ball just goes through your hands. And I gave him a B just because he's dangerous when he catches the football. But scrawled across his name, scrawl across next to his name is the word drops in what looks like serial killer font. <laughs> because it's so agonizing to watch. I watched Drew Locke drop dimes yeah. to this guy. And he just drops them. So in year two, Jerry Judy, I don't care how many times you got to hit the machines, but you got to catch the freaking passes. <laughs> You're paid to do two things, run routes and catch passes. Yeah. One I of get them 50, down. Yeah. You, you can run the routes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jerry Judy has great potential to be there, but he's got to catch the football. I do not want him labeled as the MVS of the Broncos. <laughs> And last but not least, my half of rounding out the top 16, uh, another guy I did not know anything about. Shame on me for being a Falcon fan. Uh, AJ Terrell. Um, safety four. Safety, right? Yeah. Safety cornerback. Oh, my bad. Yep. Quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. 74 tackles, 74 tackles, a single interception, and seven pass defended. Again, awareness. He did have about eight or nine penalties called on him for holding Mm. bad. (laughs) Turn your freaking head around. There's one thing that aggravates me about all cornerbacks is all they have to do is turn their head around and half these penalties won't get called. Um, However, he's a rookie. So the holding kind of doesn't surprise me again. You don't realize how fast and sometimes how big these wide receivers in the NFL are. Like we look at yeah. each other and think six foot four, 250 pounds doesn't seem big until you stand next to six foot four, 250 pounds. <laughs> because, yeah, that's 250 pounds of pure muscle. Uh, that can yeah, I mean, run, you know, a five second 40 or whatever. And it's like, oh, you want me <laughs> to stop that without grabbing any jersey or uh, <laughs> interfering? Um, so you know, and then don't look try at to the make division. me feel sympathy for Kevin King. I hope that's not where this is going because <laughs> I will not. I refuse. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I'm just saying, like, you look at in this in in Atlanta's division. You've got like in the Saints. You've got you know, well, usually Michael Thomas Michael that Thomas, you have to yeah. defend, right? Um, Jared Cook. So you've got these big, bulky guys that just don't go down. Uh, Alvin Kamara. So I can't fault a lot of them. So I gave him the solid rookie C grading for a, a rookie corner. Um, but I do think he's going to become pretty good in this this Atlanta defense. Cool. Well, thank you for that, Matt. I looked at picks uh, seventeen through thirty-two. I don't know why that thing. seems like you had way more when it's the exact same amount, but that just sounds like there's more. I think it's because thirty-two is a big bigger number. It is a big number. I can't Damn. count that. High. <laughs> That's why I let you stop at sixteen. Uh, but don't worry. I, I think I have less notes than you on each of these guys. All right. So, so the 17th pick was CD lamb. It makes me feel really good. Because <laughs> I was worried I was underprepared again. <laughs> no, you're good. There's no such thing on this show. CD lamb went right, to the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, uh, I don't know. Don't push it. And, uh, so, so yeah, CD lamb wide receiver, Dallas, 
17th pick. He was second on the team in receptions, yards, and was tied for the most touchdowns with five. And this was all in sort of a dysfunctional QB situation after Dak went down in week four. Uh, there was a week of, of Ben DiNucci. There was a lot of... Oh, that's right. That guy did play. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about that. But yeah, CeeDee Lamb looked really good. He made some incredible catches. Got open a ton. I I give him a B plus. Okay, I can back that. 18th, Austin Jackson, uh, offensive tackle for the Dolphins. Uh, he started 12 games as a rookie, but he sort of struggled across the board. <laughs> he wasn't particularly good at uh, run blocking or pass blocking. They were all sort of subpar, but uh, whatever. Like you said, weird offseason. There's time to improve. I just gave him the, the rookie C, as you called it. Yeah, next year we can't make that excuse of right, no offseason. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So these guys better better bring it this time around. 19th pick by the Raiders was Damon Arnett, the cornerback. And he played in nine games, but uh, really struggled in coverage. Whether it was man or zone, he, he couldn't keep track of his guy and it allowed a lot of a high percentage of balls thrown his way were completed. Uh, and he also didn't do much as a tackler. Cornerbacks uh, sort of are stereotyped as as not being good tacklers. And a few stand out and, and break that exception and are exceptions to that, but uh, not this guy. He didn't seem will, very willing to come up and make tackles either, in addition to not being great in coverage. So I gave him a D. This next guy, I apologize in advance for this pronunciation. I love uh, half the names you have to pronounce. <laughs> Jaguars with the 20th pick took Ed Rusher Kalevan Chason. I don't clap, know. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you. Thank you. He was supposed to be the Calais Campbell replacement, which, you know, granted, that's huge shoes to fill. Literally but, and figuratively. But yeah, right. But in the 11 games he played, he really struggled to generate much pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Just had one sack over that time. And, uh, not as many uh, quarterback hits as you would like to see. So I give him a C minus. Harsh, but you got to shape up or ship out. <laughs> 21st. Sound like you were like putting that together as you were saying it. I, I was, but then I realized that is actually a thing that people say. So uh, the Eagles took receiver Jalen Rager with a 21st pick. He played in 11 games, caught 31 passes. Uh, one touchdown. He missed a lot of time with a thumb injury. Uh, he did have a punt return for a touchdown as well, so that uh, gets a little bonus points there. I feel like he was really one of the few bright spots in the Philadelphia offense. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. I mean, as we've spent a lot of time talking about it, they had so many injuries at receiver. They were calling up guys from the practice squad left and right. Uh, when he was out there, Rager did okay. Uh, I gave him a C plus though, because I think he still has a lot to prove if he's going to be that team's number one target, uh, which he's going to have to be with Jeffrey gone Ertz likely to be gone at tight end. And uh, yeah, so it's a big year for him in year two. Uh, 22nd pick was Justin Jefferson receiver for the Vikings who we've talked about <laughs> already. It needs no stats or anything. Stud. A plus plus plus. Wow. 
Yeah, they, they nailed that pick. He's, he's great. Fourth most receiving yards in the league as a rookie. It's pretty crazy. Uh, next up, the Chargers with the 23rd pick took linebacker Kenneth Murray, who actually played in all 16 games as a rookie. I was going to say, did he wind up on an injured reserve too? He did not. Just your safety. Just poor Derwin James. <laughs> um, uh, but Murray had 101 combined tackles on the season. Pretty solid defending the run, a little bit less so dropping back into coverage, but maybe that's a little bit to be expected from linebackers, I think. So I give him a B minus. Pretty solid rookie season. Uh, next up, one of those that I was like, who? That's a football player. Uh, the Saints drafted offensive guard Cesar Ruiz, uh, 24th. And he How do you know it's not Cesar? It might be Cesar. I do not know. I actually had the thought before we started of, of finding pronunciations for all these names, but uh, obviously that didn't happen. He, uh, yeah, pretty decent run blocker, but kind of a liability in pass protection. So I give him a C. The rookie C. Uh, Brandon Ayuk went next, 25th. Brandon Ayuk. Receiver for the 49ers. And uh, he missed a lot of time, or not a lot of time. He missed a quarter of the season. I think most of that was because of COVID protocols. But he played in 12 games. He had 750 receiving yards, five touchdowns through the through the air, um, and also two rushing touchdowns. So proved some versatility too. So I gave him a B. Next. Now the moment I've been waiting for. The, the Packers traded up to 26th. Everyone knows to draft quarterback Jordan Love. Did he you wasn't even? I I no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, whatever. I absolutely hate this pick, but uh, he didn't play at all. He wasn't even active most weeks. He wasn't even the backup. He wasn't even good enough to hold the clipboard on the sideline. <laughs> I don't know. There's some pretty funny moments between him and Aaron Rodgers with Grandpa Rodgers. Um. So I give the pick an F. I can't give him an F because he didn't do anything, but I give the Packers an F for making this pick instead of uh, doing something to help them in their current Super Bowl window. That is, I don't want to say it, but it's closing. Yeah, right. (laughs) How about a wide receiver who could catch the ball? Although I guess uh, all the good ones were already gone. Still, how about about Jeff Jeff Gladney, who we're going to talk about in a second? The cornerback, maybe he wouldn't have held whoever it was in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go there. Anyway, it all it all leads back there. <laughs> it's going to be impossible to regrade the the Jordan Love pick until he uh, plays. Let's, let's say three years from now. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a. Uh, I don't, I don't want to call it drama yet with Aaron Rodgers' contract, but the team has an option uh, to opt out of it after 2021. He has come out and stated that he wants more long-term security than that and doesn't want to be a, quote, lame duck quarterback this year, which I totally feel him on. And why wouldn't they want him back? He just had one of his best seasons at age 37 or however old he is now. So. I hate this pick because they're still right in the Super Bowl window. They could have drafted someone to help them now. Not a guy who's going to maybe be your QB of the future because that's not even a sure thing. 
Uh, this is amusing me so much right now. All right, 27th pick, Jordan Brooks. I feel the <laughs> hatred brewing. <laughs> the Seahawks took Jordan Brooks, the linebacker, uh, and he played in 14 games, started six of those, uh, totaled 57 tackles, pretty good against the run, but uh, he was awful uh, trying to defend the pass. So give him a C. Patrick Queen, linebacker for the Ravens. I talked about him a little bit because he was a proven player of mine. He uh, led the team in tackles. He was really productive. Uh, however, Pro Football Focus graded him their second worst linebacker, which I still don't quite understand because I haven't gone back and watched all the tapes. So I'm giving him a B. Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle for the Titans, was Wilson! next. The 29th pick. And uh, pretty rocky rocky road for him already and not the ice cream he was uh, <laughs> he only played in three he played three snaps this last season wow uh, he missed missed a lot of the season due to uh covid protocols the and they actually traded him to miami uh this offseason and miami already released him because uh, he, he played was, as much as your other titans player yeah, right. <laughs> Just about the same amount. He should not be named Vic Beasley. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, he barely played for Tennessee last year. They traded him and to Miami, who already dropped him. <laughs> they released him after being late, reportedly late for multiple meetings, not showing up for team workouts he had committed to. So, kind of a weird situation there. Us. Okay, here's... <laughs> Here's another name that yes, I have I no idea. Dying for this one. Okay, the 30th pick. Speaking of Miami, the 30th pick was a cornerback named Noah Igbinazine. I have to give you credit on that one. I wouldn't even. We're gonna call him Noah I. Noah Iggy. <laughs> We're just call him Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play much, and he looked pretty bad when he was out there. So D plus. D plus in case that wasn't clear, not B D plus. <laughs> At least he was out there sometimes. At least he didn't get traded and then released already. And then Jeff Gladney was the 31st pick, cornerback taken by Minnesota. He played in all 16 games, uh, 81 tackles, seven for a loss, which I was uh, impressed by for a cornerback. Uh, no interceptions, but he did break up three passes. Uh, I give him a B. And then finally rounding out the first round of last year's draft, your favorite player in the NFL, <laughs> Clyde edwards Lair. Well, he was. He's running back taken by Kansas. Yeah, he was the first, like, six weeks of the season, <laughs> right? The Chiefs running back. Uh, he did play in 13 games, ultimately, was the Chiefs' primary running back. And uh, most of those, though, was still a little bit of a committee approach. He totaled over a thousand all-purpose yards and scored five touchdowns. Uh, so I give it an A minus. He's pretty good. That's higher than they I look... gave. Really? <laughs> I gave. Is, are you sure that's not just sure that's not just bitterness from fantasy? A little bit. <laughs> There was just so much hype, and I bet everything on my first round pick. And I feel Your like your first I round came... pick. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I told you not to take him. With the well, you pick. know, 
our, our, our Twitter followers even agreed with me. They said, take uh, Delvin Cook. Although he might have already been gone. I forget what happened. No, he went right after mine. Oh, yeah, you're an idiot. Just kidding. kidding. Sort of. You're not. (laughs) So that's it. That is uh, regrading last year's first round. We are going to be off next week. uh, But we'll be back the following week, continuing our draft coverage. We're going to um, listen up, Matt, because this is your homework, too. We're going to be uh, looking at the top prospects in this draft at each position. And then... uh, How many... There's so many positions. There's so many. (laughs) How many... Shut up. We're going to... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Stay tuned for that. We're going to be back a couple more weeks after that. We're going to do a mock draft with uh, some of our 2M friends, some friends of the show. We have friends. It's be fun. I mean, they're, they're the kind of people that we call friends, but they probably wouldn't call us friends or okay, uh, that's acquaintances. Yeah. <laughs> or liabilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, this has been kind of fun taking a trip down memory lane, looking at some recent drafts. As always, yeah. hindsight is 2020, and uh, but but foresight is 2021. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. you're welcome. That's great. That's going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> Foresight is 2021. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Any uh, any other parting thoughts, Matt? Uh, just give Mike over there a round of applause for that uh, past five years segment. That was awesome and well done to the extra work. Um, but yeah, it was, this was good. I like this and I, I can't wait. We're one month away from the draft. Super pumped. Foresight is 2020, 20, wait, <laughs> 2021. <laughs> I, I screwed it up. I can't do it like you do. <laughs> Not many people can. Not many people can. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So so nation. We'll see blast. you next time. Have fun. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.